Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are coming upon the most holiest of days that is celebrated by Christian believers. It is the time that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to present you a series of messages that will help you to understand what Jesus Christ did, but more importantly, why he did it. It was to offer sinful people eternal life. I want you to listen closely and even contact someone in your family who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today's message, we're going to share an opportunity for you or anyone you know to come to know Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. You know, it reminds me uh, that, that when we can hear something, we can hear it conceptually, but we don't believe it in our hearts. It's like when you're a parent and you, you have teenage children and you tell them, when you get 21 years old, you're going to have to leave this house. <laughs> and they hear you when they're 15. And they just say, okay, yeah, right. I'm going to leave. Don't worry, I'll leave. And then on their 21st birthday... You wake them up that morning and say, get your stuff and get out. <laughs> and they say, well, what now? Yes, you're 21. I've been telling you all the time, when you get to be 21, you're going to have to get your stuff and get out. I didn't know you really meant that. Yes, I did. <laughs> Jesus had been telling them. You destroy this body, in three days it's going to be raised up again. Destroy this temple, it's going to be raised up. I'm going to be lifted up and I'm going to get up. I'm going to be risen. But they just heard it, but they did not believe it. It's just like people can hear about the word of God and what things are going to happen. They can hear it, but they ain't going to believe it. The Bible says that uh, uh, he's coming back again to receive those who are saved. Oh yes, I heard that, but when he come, we're going to say, what you doing here? But he's coming back again. Anybody believe that? Yeah, you say that now. You say that now. But you don't live like you believe that. Because if he's coming tomorrow, what would you straighten up today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's risen and he's coming. What he said he was going to do, he's going to do. Jesus said there is a hell fire. And then you got people say, yeah, I know he say that. But, you know, I don't believe a loving God. Going to send people to hell. No, a loving God is not going to send people to hell. A loving God is trying to get out there and block you from going. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. So you don't have to go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who should ever believe on them should not perish but shall have everlasting life. I ain't trying to make you go to hell. I'm trying to stop you from going. You were on your way when you got here. But no, we don't believe that. We don't believe that because we just live and do our own thing. And yeah, I heard what the preacher said, but uh, you know, it it ain't going to be like that. That's the same thing that's happening here. I heard what Jesus said, but, but I saw what I saw on the cross. What I saw happening... Can't nobody come back from that. There ain't no comeback. Now, now they, he's dead. I know he's dead. They, they, they took him down. They, they put him in, the, wrapped him in his burial clothes. They put him in the tomb and they roll that big stone in front of him. It is over. Uh, in fact, I thought I heard him say, it's finished. Now, if he was going to come back after three days, now this is me if I was standing there, I'm thinking, so why did he go through all that he went through 
if he was going to get up anyway. He could have saved himself that. He could have just said, you know, we don't have to do that. I'm going to stay alive. Let's look at what it says in Luke chapter 24, verse 9. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven. So these women went to the tomb. Remember these, these uh, apostles? Remember these men of God? Remember these fishermen? All these men Jesus hung out with? They weren't there that morning. So the women came first. I just thought I'd throw that in. All the women said, Amen. People say they don't believe in women preachers. But the women was the first one that said he's risen. The men didn't say nothing. They were still hiding. They thought somebody was going to ask them to be in the choir. <laughs> thought I'd throw that in for you. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. That's the eleven. Judas was gone then. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Now the apostles, not even there. But they did not believe the women. Oh, these women, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. they just telling him Jesus is risen and they didn't believe he was going to get up either. Let's look what the Bible says in John chapter 20. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in it at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. And when he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head, the cloth, the cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. And finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. And then verse 9 says, They did not understand from the scriptures that Jesus had to rise from the dead. They did not understand that from the scriptures. These men that Jesus had been teaching and training and modeling and urging and sharing with, they did not believe and they did not understand that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Do you understand why he had to arise from the dead? If you don't understand that, then we need to understand that today, why he had to rise from the dead. I just mentioned that John 3.16 says that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. It's hard to tell somebody that they can have everlasting life while you're still dead. I came so you can have everlasting life. Well, where you at? You dead. So I'm going to get up and let you know you're going to get up too. You know, I just happened to, um, you know, I got one of these smartphones that make you look dumb. Because you don't know how to use it. So on my way in this morning, I said, uh, hello, to them talking to the phone. Because right? you know, some of y'all talk to Sirius. <laughs> Siri. <laughs> Whatever her name is. It should have been Sharika, and I would remember. <laughs> I said, where is Muhammad buried? 
before I could get it out, he announced the burial place for Muhammad. And then said, do you want to know where everybody, all other founders of religions are buried? And then they, <laughs> well, yeah, since you asked. <laughs> this is serious. <laughs> and just start listing where everybody's buried until they got to the Christian founder. The place where he was laid, they said. But they cannot find where he is. I say, so even the phone know <laughs> that he was risen. I said, amen. <laughs> they said they got a place, but he ain't there. That's my version. What is typically underemphasized when we, we talk about this resurrection story we know what happened, and we know how it happened. We know that they hung him high and stretched him wide. We know that they took him from judgment hall to judgment hall. We, we know that. We know that they beat him and spit on him. We, we know that uh, they nailed his hands and they nailed his feet, and we know they put him up on the cross, and we know that. That's what happened and how it happened, but they don't tell us a lot why it happened. But the Apostle Paul, when he was thinking through and writing about the, the results and the impact of Christ's death, he said this in Romans chapter 5 verse 6, you see just at the right time when we were still powerless, we were still in our sin, Christ died for the ungodly. Somebody say ungodly. He died for those who are sinners. He died for those who are separated. He died for those who are not connected with him. He died for the ungodly. Don't you know he came for the ungodly? He didn't come for the godly. He says it's just like a doctor. I came for the sick, not those who are well. I came to seek and to save those who are lost. So lost people shouldn't be embarrassed coming to Christ because he came here for you and for me who were lost. You shouldn't have to come with your head down. You can come with your head up because he is the reason, his death was the reason for your salvation and he came for us. He came for the lost. Verse 7 says, very rarely would anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners. We were still sinners and we were still sinning. Christ died for us. He didn't tell us we had to get ourselves together if you want to come in here. You got to cut that out and cut that out and stop this if you're going to come to me. He said, no, just like you are, come on. You can't stop doing what you're doing on your own. You're going to need some help. And that help is going to be the power of my blood that is shed for you. I can help you. We're going to break that power of sin in your life and give you a brand new star. Paul said, since we have now, what, been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? God's wrath is coming. Let me say that one more time. God's wrath is coming. There's a day of judgment and there's a day of judgment and there's only two destinations. One is heaven 
and one is hell. Now, if you don't want to believe that, you might want to get one of these other religions with a dead starter and a dead God. Because they can tell you, uh, uh, you can uh, be a Hindu or Buddhist or something like that, and you can be reincarnated and come back as a cow or a horse. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, was Buddhist, and they were believing that, well, we just believe that we can come back. I said, well, you need to believe in Jesus Christ. If I'm wrong, the worst thing that happened to you is you come back as a horse or something. But if I'm right, you got eternal life. <laughs> Amen. So you might as well go with me. I don't want to take my chances. I want to come back as no horse and say, hey, who, who did this? <laughs> I might be a mule. There won't even be no thoroughbred. <laughs> who wants to be a mule? Amen. Raise your hand if you want to be a mule. He says, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? That's why he did that, so that we can be brought to him and reconciled and saved through his loss. That was the process. That was the mechanism. That was the plan of God to say, how do I redeem these lost people? Somebody got to shed blood for their lives so that they won't have to shed it in the end. Somebody's going to have to pay the penalty for the sin that's in their life. I can do that once and for all and do a blanket salvation for everybody by shedding the blood of my son and anybody who believes and comes under that blood, they can be saved. Verse 11 says, not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. That's what was happening. That's why he got up. He got up to say, I have conquered death and the grave. That was the last enemy. That's the last thing that no one had been able to conquer. No matter how rich and famous you are, no matter how much money you have, people have tried to find a fountain of youth. They try to find ways to live a long time. Nobody had been able to conquer death. Jesus Christ said, I'm coming and I'm going to show you that I am victorious over the last great enemy and that enemy is death and death cannot hold me down. Galatians chapter 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. He says, I have taken your sins. I have been cursed for you. I am taking the sins of the world. That was his only agony, being separated from the Father for those few moments where he says, oh, it's an agony taking this sin for the world. And he died with the sins of the world on his shoulders. And he says here in verse 14, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come through the Gentiles, that's us, through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of his spirit. Hallelujah. Somebody say thank you Lord. Now you can walk around all you want to not knowing what he's done, but I want to tell you what he's done for you so you can have all of your benefits. David said, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all of his 
benefits. I want every benefit he has from me. And he's given us the benefit of his Holy Spirit coming to live on the inside of us. To give us power, to give us joy, to give us direction, to give us peace, to give us the wisdom of God. Then Peter put it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, 23. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. King James says, by his stripes, you are healed. By what he did, he has already established healing for you. You've been healed. You may not know you've been healed, but you've been healed. He says, I have already established healing for you. You've been healed from your sin-sick condition. You've been healed from all the hurt and all the pain, all the depression and oppression. You've been healed from everything that comes your way. Let me close with this passage. Revelations chapter 1 verse 4 says, Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. That means he's the first one that's gotten up from the dead. And the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Jesus said, when I came up from the grave and when I was raised up with all power and victory in my hand, you can put an amen at the end of that because that is what I have done for you. We are a Christian church, which means we believe in Christ Jesus. The essence, the fundamental doctrine of the Christian church is that Jesus Christ was crucified, he died, and was raised up from the grave for our salvation. That is the fundamental belief of Christianity. If you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. Let me say it again. Uh, you can say, I'm a Christian because I'm, I'm, I treat everybody right. That don't make you a Christian. Christianity is based on the doctrinal belief that Jesus Christ was crucified. He died and he was raised up again for our salvation. What we need to do is to put our faith and our trust in him and what he's already done and receive him as our Lord and our Savior. And that's the essence for why we are here. We're not here just to have uh, an assembly where we can sing some songs. We're not here just to have an assembly where we can uh, have some nice fellowship and and activities for the kids and programs for the adults and 
so you can learn how to do things better. All those are good, but that's not the reason that he came. The reason that he came is so every individual will have the opportunity to take part in the eternal life that is that life that you can live eternally in harmony with God and Jesus Christ in that place that he has prepared for you. The Bible says there is going to be a second death. We have a physical death, but there's going to be a second death because we are a spirit living in a physical body. That's why when your body expires, you keep on going. The question is where? There is a destination. You can act like you're going to be here, but we are in a no parking zone. You can find a little parking spot that says you can park here for two hours and then it's a tollway. That's the way our life is. We got a parking place for a couple of hours. Paul said this, and Moses also said it in Psalm chapter 90, a day with God is like a thousand years with man. One day with God is like a thousand years with the man. I put the numbers to it. I, did, I put the calculator to it. So I said, well, what is one hour with God? One hour with God is 42 years with man. If you got two hours, you got 84 years. You got about two hours worth of parking if you are blessed to live that long. Some of you, the clock is still ticking. You already got another 30 minutes. He said, that's all the time we get. Don't act like you're going to live here forever. And I know that's what we want, we're doing. We're, we're investing all of our time, efforts, thoughts, and everything like we ain't going to get here. You can say, I ain't moving. Well, you're going to get towed away. You are in a no parking zone. You cannot stay here. Jesus knows that. And he says, I'm coming so that I can take care of your most important decision that you'll ever make. We mentioned it the other night in John chapter 14. He says to his disciples, I'm leaving and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. If you're going to be, have to get to that place, I got to get this crucifixion. I got to get this sacrifice out of the way so you can get to the place that I'm preparing for you. Every person who's a believer and have given their life to Jesus Christ already has a place reserved for them. If you are here today, and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I have that place prepared for me. I'm not sure about where I am with, with God. Now, you may think you're good. I asked somebody one time, well, how are you with the Lord? Well, I'm good with the Lord. I said, now, if I would ask the Lord how you are with him, what would he say? Well, he might say something different. Well, he's the one that's going to be the judge, not you. You ever thought you were looking good and then somebody else told you you wasn't? Uh, honey, the dress looked good, but your slip hanging. It is the Lord who's going to say, come on in. You're under the blood. This is Jerry G. Martin, and we brought you a message today to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we are coming toward our Good Friday and Easter celebration, our Resurrection Sunday, I think it is so vital that we share the message of the grace and the goodness, the redemption and the forgiveness that Jesus Christ brings to every person. I don't know who you are and I don't know where you are and I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior to make a decision right now. It was Jesus who said, I don't come for those who are 
He came to seek and to save those who are lost. If you are lost and you feel hopeless or helpless or disconnected in your spiritual life, today is a great opportunity for you just to turn to Christ and invite him into your heart, invite him into your life, and he will come in with his divine power and his spirit and he will do for you what he's done for me and so many others. He will turn your life around. If you would like us to join you and pray with you and help you to get connected, call us right now at 281-964-1393 and say, I made a decision for Christ. I need to get connected so I can continue to grow. Again, that's 281-964-1393. Jesus Christ came to give you everlasting life and we will walk that journey out with you. Be sure to call us and then join us for our Easter Sunday service at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road or online at lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.